I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Vlasic. And this is Generation BSC. Yes, our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the Babysitter's Club, <laughs> talking about it, <laughs> what we remember, what we realized for the first time reading it now, what you know, kids today, the youths might be thinking as they join Generation <laughs> BSC the way we did back when we were kids. And we are currently almost wrapping up our uh, discussions on the second season of the Netflix series based on the t- book series. So many layers. But this week we are talking about Claudia and the Sad Goodbye, which I'm sure yeah. we're going to be super excited on this episode. <laughs> Yay! Uh, you know what? I'm not going to lie, and I'm sure the people who have, you know, watched the whole series ahead are, like, smugly laughing at us because we were so certain it was the finale. We, yeah. I just sort of, like, assumed that. So when I say I was unprepared, I was fully unprepared. Same. So I I purposely stopped really quickly before it moved to the next episode, so I don't know what they're doing last. I would assume... Um, it's something with Emily Michelle since that was that's where we're coming next yeah. in the book, and you know they've been laying that groundwork. But it could be since we got a little foreshadowing about the divorce. Uh, um, this episode, I, although I, that would surprise me if that came out. Yeah, that if it was quickly. that the fast. show's been yeah slow rolling things a little bit, and that's uh, getting ahead of ourselves. Just meant to say, I genuinely was like mentally preparing myself for this for next time. Mm-hmm. So. It caught me, I think, more off guard than I anticipated it. But, oh boy, I it wrecked me. I was a mess. Mm-hmm. How about you? How did it hit you overall? Oh, yeah. No, it was the same thing. Like, a couple of the episodes that we've watched this season, like, I wasn't quick enough to stop it. And so it was like, oh, okay, the next one is, you know, Dawn's Wicked Stepsister or Marion's Wicked Stepsister. And, like, I didn't – I was – good about it last time. I didn't see it. So I was like, okay, I wonder what episode it's going to be. And then it started and I was just like, oh God, no. <laughs> and then I just yep. cried and cried and cried. And then like a little less crying when we get some silly Karen in the middle and then more crying. And it was, it was a lot of crying this morning. <laughs> yeah. And then I really, really appreciated how simple and straightforward the episode was. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a B plot. There wasn't a lot of like drama or like trying to inject some kind of you know plot into it at all Mm -hmm. it was really just mimi died and here's how we're dealing with it and i as i literally wrote down i love this so much it's going to be a short episode (laughs) (laughs) we don't have a lot of stuff to dive into i mean obviously we have plenty to talk about it's not like the episode's ending at this very moment but yeah it's because there's not a lot of like extraneous stuff in the A plot and there isn't really a B plot. It it really is just like you said, Mimi dies and we have, you know, the group of girls and Claudia and her family sort of dealing with that in their own different ways and they end the episode and everything's in a better place. Not perfect, obviously, but I don't know. Should I maybe do the summary and then we can dive into the actual yeah. conversation? I think that's a great idea. Okay. Perfect. So Again, (laughs) I wrote this whole thing. I'm just going to read it because we know where things go wrong if I don't. (laughs) So, the episode we feared was coming has arrived. We start the episode with Mimi helping Claudia refine her skills making special tea. And that night when Mimi goes to bed, she says, goodbye, my Claudia. And Claudia wakes up to find that Mimi passed away in her sleep. She has an understandably difficult time with Mimi's death and does whatever she can to avoid facing her grief by avoiding her house and her family. Eventually, Marianne helps her to see that avoiding feeling her grief is unhealthy, and Claudia heads home to be with her family. She finds Janine and Ashley Wyeth looking through Mimi's jewelry and gets upset, thinking that Ashley shouldn't be there. 
This results in Janine revealing that Ashley is the only person who has been there for her through this because Janine loves her and Ashley is her girlfriend. And she also reveals that Mimi had figured it out weeks ago by paying attention to what was going on. And she was very happy and supportive and wanted to give Ashley a gift to sort of welcome her to the family in a way. Um, So My heart. Just... Yeah. So Claudia, because of that conversation, realizes that she really hasn't been there for Janine in particular, and they have a nice connection, which ends with Claudia calling her my Janine, which made me mm-hmm. sob uncontrollably, yep. even more than I already had been. <laughs> so then yep. we end the episode with Claudia hosting the, B- the Babysitter's Club, her family, and Ashley Wyeth for specialty and reminiscing about Mimi. Ugh, I just, yeah, like, just so perfect. There is, it, I thought that they handled it. So, so beautifully. I have very, very, very few complaints in terms of of the way that they approach this because I thought it was really lovely. In particular, I thought there were two different sort of focuses, if you will, that were really nicely and beautifully subtly done around um, some, I guess teaching is maybe the wrong word, mm-hmm. but some um, illustrating of of their traditions, of the Japanese traditions, of the Buddhist traditions, mm-hmm. things like not being able to come visit before the funeral in in the home, being able to go visit elsewhere, but the funeral is, you know, a, a, or the time before the actual service is a contemplative, meditative time. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I thought that was really cool and and unique. And then the um, the notes and the money and, and how that is done in the Japanese culture, even the little glimpses of the altar we get to see mm-hmm. at the end thought it was really nice without like beating us over the head this is a different way that other right. people that you know people might be um going through these services that are different that are maybe your christian traditions or your community-based traditions or your jewish traditions or so on and have you so i thought that was nice and subtly done and i also really liked how they pointed out how other people grieve mm-hmm. too Without, you know, beating over the head about, you know, Janine, you mentioned Janine feeling very alone at the end. And she talked about how mom was unresponsive. Dad was putting all his energy into mom. um, And she was just feeling alone. Mm -hmm. But then we also got to see how the girls in the club, too, you know, Marianne very much connected this to her other losses. Mm -hmm. Dawn, you know, feeling very caretakery over Marianne. Christy just wanting to, you know, make things right and help and make it right. as normal as possible. I just I really loved how everyone was given the opportunity and and dignity around the way that they were choosing to deal with their grief and the way that they were choosing to deal with the situation. But it wasn't like the Danny Tanner moment wasn't some big, you know, I'm not grieving the way that you're grieving. Although that was essentially the crux of the conversation with Janine. It was done so in a, in a, in a really nice way. Yeah, I really love that. And I think the thing I really appreciated was the the discussion or conversation that Claudia and Marianne have with each other. So mm-hmm. obviously Claudia spends a lot of the episode at Stacy's house. She's sleeping over. She wants to avoid her house. Stacy's parents are fighting. And so Cl- Claudia can't really stay there overnight. So instead of going home, she actually walks all the way up to her front door and she's like, you know what? I can't deal with this yet. She goes to Marianne's house. And, you know, Claudia continues to try to find things to distract herself with. She was doing it at Stacey's house. She's now doing it at Marianne's, trying to redecorate her room again. And Marianne finally, like, basically gets her to stop and think. And I love the analogy that she used. You know, she references Claudia breaking her wrist at school in third grade and, you know, how 
she was lamenting when it was happening that she thought maybe she'd never be able to paint again because of this injury. But, you know, her mom came, took her to the hospital. They, you know, set her bone, everything healed properly and she can paint. But if she hadn't gone to the hospital, maybe she wouldn't have been able to to paint because mm-hmm. it wouldn't have healed correctly. And just that, you know, relating physical injury to mental and emotional injury. And, you know, you it's it's harder for some people to think about, like, you have to do the work and you have to heal yourself emotionally and, and mentally the same way that you do physically. It's obviously different, but I just love that because I that's definitely the way that Marianne thinks, like, you, you know, mm-hmm. and the fact that she was able to relay that to Claudia and sort of help her realize you do need to feel this because you have to feel the pain so that you can figure out how to heal yourself and how to get to a place where, like she said, you know, when you you can now look back on breaking your wrist and sort of laugh about it because everything turned out okay and you're in a good place and you've healed. Like, not that she's going to laugh about Mimi dying, but it it does show right. by the end of the episode she's able to think about Mimi in a, a positive, healthy way. They're able to laugh about stories about Mimi. And it, it's like clearly that she's able to sort of get on the right track. Obviously, it helps that she's reconnected with Janine, reconnected with her family. They're all able to be there for each other. That you know, they the end of the episode is them, you know, hugging as a family after they've lit incense in front of the the portrait of Mimi on their altar. And it's it's just a beautiful moment because you see over the course of the episode, you know, not necessarily going through the stages of grief, but you see that transition of Claudia, you know, from I'm just gonna avoid this to Okay, I'm I'm doing the work to to get to a good place about this or a better place about this because obviously it's never going to be good. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, and I really like that they didn't like like you said belabor the stages of grief mm-hmm. or make it more literal that way because the more we understand about the stages of grief, we understand it isn't like oh, I go from denial to right. acceptance, you know, smoothly one at a time. It's, you know, process and you go back and forth and you can go from acceptance back to denial and right. like out of order. And like the, the grief is, grief doesn't follow a script like that. And so I liked, I I really liked that too. You mentioned the, uh, the arm break. I loved that. I actually wrote down, do you think that that was like a reference to Claudia and the bad joke? Maybe since I, do you think, I mean, that is likely a book that's going to get that probably would have been skipped already. I'm trying to remember where that is in the lineup. If that was before or after, I think they are close to the same time. But I can't, yeah, I can't remember which comes first. I'll that'll be a fun I'll think thing for me to look up later. But I was just thinking. Um, I, I can't believe the timeline didn't occur to me until just now. I just assumed it had passed already, and that was just like a we're not going to do that book. But here's a little reference to to that plot line. Same with the they mentioned you. They were telling stories about Mimi. That was straight from the book, That mm-hmm. them attempting to go to the Japanese restaurant. I loved those little, regardless of whether or not the, the wrist-breaking one was, I love those little shout-outs to the books. Yeah. Well, in the um, book, she broke her leg, not her wrist. It, fair enough. But it, it did just, it's, it, anyway, it popped out to me. The bigger thing that really stood out to me in that scene, though, is because I, I did love that one so much. I thought it was beautiful how, and it made sense that, it was going to be Marianne that was going to get through to her, even though that Stacy is her best mm-hmm. friend. Marianne has known her longer. Marianne is more feely. Marianne has her own deep relationship with Mimi. Mm-hmm. Like it just, that really, I thought that was beautifully honored there. And one of the things that really stood out though, was Marianne talking about how 
Claudia was trying to freeze her grief as to not deal with it, and likened that to how Richard treated her. She even explicitly says, remember the braids. He wanted, he didn't want to deal with his grief, so he tried to keep me frozen in time. And I thought that was such a fascinating insight. We had talked Uh, We sort of moved past that um, in the show very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten to Marianne's makeover in the books yet. I mean, we did talk about how she's, you know, breaking out of that and moving past it a little bit. But like some of the bigger moves of that are still to come in the book. But we've always talked about it as a fear thing, as a control thing, as a... um, I don't know what to do with a girl, so we're going to go with the lowest common denominator thing. And I'd never really thought about it that way before as a reflection of his grief and inability to move past her mom. And then Mm -hmm. once he loosened that up, that's when, you know, Sharon came back in the picture. And I really, well, I really loved that insight. Mm -hmm. And and I was just curious if that was something that you had thought of before or I, I don't know. I just was, I was like, wow, that's a totally new way of looking at that. Yeah, I definitely, um, in the books, and I like we talked about it. It definitely just felt like he just wanted the control. He wanted to, you know, know what was going on. He wanted to have everything in order, you know, like he is in the rest of his life. So Marianne was just another component. Yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting. And I don't, I don't know if Anna Martin even thought about it that way. I mean, maybe she did, exactly. and it just didn't come across to us. But I feel like, I mean, the books are not necessarily as good about giving us introspection into um, the adult characters. So I don't know that even if Anna Martin had thought that, she would have put that in the books. But I really love that they, the the writers of the show and the showrunner, and I'm sure they talked about this probably even on the first season. And I I love that that's where they went with that because I think that makes perfect sense. And it's even personally, I don't think I ever would have even thought that that was what that was because I just, you know, took it at face value. He, He likes things in order and he likes things to be how they're supposed to be and keep them that way forever. And I I think that it's really interesting take on that. And I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's the thing that you're, that you hit on there is that the, what this show does so brilliantly is allow that nuance that we get in our main girls mm-hmm. across the supporting characters yep. as well. And that really gets missed in, in the books. And that makes sense. I mean, that's, that's what the books are, are for. Again, we've talked about, a little bit over the course of this, you know, who we think the audience for the books versus the show is. And I, I do really believe that the show is aimed just slightly older. Mm-hmm. And that level of nuance comes across. And that also, you know, bearing in mind that they're very aware that we're a target audience <laughs> right. as well. Uh, you know, now that Encanto has taken over my social media presence, that was actually something that... um one of the TikToks I saw the other day pointed out that they're like, Disney's just fully given up pretending like these movies are aimed at kids. They're just like making them straight for the 30-somethings now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair. I'm loving it. I'm I'm good with that. But that same level of nuance, I think, is really lovely because that's what we got to see with the other characters around Mimi's gr- passing and their grief as well. Because I mean, in the book, there's a little bit of, you know, we have to come together as a family, but mostly as as it pertains to how Claudia is relating to them. Mm-hmm. They're not like how they're dealing with it and how Claudia may have contributed to that the way that in the in the show, we still don't get a lot with her parents, but we at least acknowledge what their state is, whereas mm-hmm. in the book, there's none of that. Although I am a little uh, disappointed we didn't get to meet Peaches, but you know. Well, <laughs> 
Maybe maybe season three for some reason. Who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe she was she and uh, what was it? What's her husband's name? Rich Russ. Russ, Russ, Russ and Peaches. How could I forget? <laughs> maybe she and Russ are somewhere and couldn't get back in time. I don't know. What? Well, head cannon somewhere. Yeah, but I like to believe that. Peaches is still somewhere off living her best life. Definitely. But they at least acknowledge that they were having emotional reactions mm-hmm. to it as well. And and Janine, obviously. I have a little bit of mixed feelings about the Janine and Ashley of it all. Uh, my initial reaction was immediately like, okay, yes, I love this. We had sort of predicted this a little bit. The minute Ashley showed back up at the beginning of this episode, I knew that there was, you know, little, something was going on. And hopeful that it, you know, that that meant that our predictions Mm -hmm. were true. Love that for our girl Janine. So thrilled for her. And I get that she's not a main character, but I, I I don't know. Do I wish that that had a little bit more space? Maybe. But then again, there's really something to be said for the fact that it didn't need it. Mm -hmm. Like there was no, you know, big coming out moment or what does this mean? Are you a lesbian? Are you bi? Do you have to define yourself? Like, I I don't know. I go back and forth because um, on the one hand, there's, you know, millennial me who grew up with that coming out was the big thing. And now that that's such a, you know, not a moment in that way for most kids anymore. And and because it there are no labels in certain ways. And I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm going back and forth. Because I'm I'm having trouble settling on how exactly mm-hmm. I feel about, you know, where it stands. Is it a big enough deal? Is it not a big enough deal? Would I have liked to see it be an actual plot line for one of our main girls? Or does it make more sense that it's, you know, a semi-regular character? I, I don't know. Does it preclude one of our girls from also having, you know, queer storylines in the future? I just it, – it's all a little bit jumbled for me the more I think about mm-hmm. it. So I was wondering um, – other. But my first enact, initial reaction was, yay, Janine, love this for her. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on it from a less – clearly, I'm taking this personally space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely – same initial reaction. Like, yes, amazing, love it. I mean, I'm yeah, I, I'm sort of torn, obviously – no, I'm not coming from it as quite personally as you are, but I, I had sort of the same back and forth feelings over the course of the episode because, yeah, it's it's nice that we didn't have to have like half of the episode be, you know, Janine sitting down her family and it just sort of is what it is. And obviously she talked about, you know, wanting to tell her parents at some point and then Mimi died. And so there was at least an acknowledgement that she wanted to have a conversation and I mm-hmm. like so it's sort of like I'm I'm kind of glad we didn't have to do that just because it feels like that maybe would be a little shoehorned in because it would yes. be such like you were saying it it maybe would make more sense for an entire episode to be about that but since it's Janine it can't really be about that and I don't know I mean but but it was also nice that it was just like you know cuz Janine when she's she and Claudia are arguing and she says you know because Ashley loves me or I, because I love Ashley you know she's my girlfriend and clearly that's not how she wanted to tell Claudia but the fact that Claudia didn't have some sort of not that we would expect Claudia to have a bad reaction but like it was nice that it was just sort of like oh okay like sorry sorry I wasn't paying attention like Mimi was because I mean like like we were talking about when Ashley first showed up and Claudia and the new girl like we were like, 
okay, maybe maybe something's going to be happening there with, you know, Janine and Ashley. That'd be pretty cool. And so it, maybe Claudia could have been doing a better job of paying attention to her sister, which I think is maybe part of the biggest takeaway. It's like, it doesn't matter who Janine loves and who she's dating, but maybe she should have a better relationship with her sister. And I think we've gotten that across multiple episodes and multiple yes. books. It's like, like, I almost wish that had been more the conversation than like whether or not Janine defines herself in a certain way or, you know, Mm -hmm. having a big coming out conversation. I think it, I mean, but then I'm also thinking like, but it's also sort of like, we've gotten that story that Claudia and Janine need to have a better relationship. And most of the reason that they don't have a better relationship is Claudia. So it's like, did we really need to have that again? So maybe it was a little nice Mm -hmm. that it was just sort of like, if you thought about it for a second, it's like, oh, well, clearly... Claudia's reverted back to her. <laughs> Janine is annoying yeah. and she does her own thing and I just do my own thing and it is what it is. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess yeah. I'm, I'm all over the place too. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that there could have been, as you're saying it, I was like, wow, there could have been a really cool episode where, but I guess we kind of got that in, in Claudia and the new girl when, you know, she was wondering why Ashley is friends with Janine mm-hmm. in the first place. I don't know. I just feel like there could have been more of a connection yeah. there. That, it, Like you said, it could have been more of an emphasis on not about Janine's coming out, but about Claudia and Janine's lack of – or Claudia in particular, mm-hmm. her lack of regard right. for Janine. Like, And I, I think that that was the point of their, of their conversation. But it because it was so tied up in the Mimi grief of it all mm-hmm. – it didn't hit that piece of it. Right. It was more everybody's hurting, not just you, instead of we you are still not seeing me. Right. And I think that's what I would have liked just a little bit more of, especially around her her sexuality. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, making it a big deal, not a, you know, we have to come to Jesus moment and we have to deal with it the way that, you know, 90s coming outs were very much held on TV, but more just clearly she's my girlfriend. Like, what, right. what do you not – like if you would have paid any attention to me and then and and then maybe something where Claudia is, you know, I just got on board with them being friends. I can't imagine why what Ashley sees in her. I don't know. Maybe again that would be overkill and and too redundant, especially on a show where we do only have 8 episodes in a season. Right. But there's just I think it's a combination of it being such a personal topic for me, loving the character of Janine so much, having Claudia be, you know, my childhood favorite. I, I think it's a combination of I just want more. <laughs> um, and and I, I think that's only a good thing mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily that I thought it handled it poorly in any way. I was really happy with it mm-hmm. until I'm like, mm, I just want more of this. Right. Which, you know, I, I that's I, – I feel like – Like I said, I yeah. think that's a good thing. I, that's That's a – the probably the best complaint you can have about something is like, I love this so much yeah. that I wish that there was more of it. I'm disappointed that this is all that I get <laughs> as opposed to like right? and- real complaints about like significant issues. Like I think we're very lucky that we don't tend to have significant complaints about things in the babysitter's club, you know, Dawn's wicked stepsister, notwithstanding. <laughs> yes. That, which is just uh, still just baffles me that that anywhere happened as a thing that people allowed to come out into the world. Yep. And we're like, yep, great idea. Speaking of of things that are just slightly disappointing, my biggest disappointment of the whole um, episode uh, is that we did not get the Claudia portrait of Mimi as, as her grief mm-hmm. and like sharing that and putting that up. I, I loved that was so powerful in the um, 
in the books, especially that it was something that was created by Claudia mm-hmm. that was so meaningful. And that was how she worked through her grief using her art. And that was, you know, such an emphasis in the books as, as how art is so much more than just a hobby to Claudia. It is really how she experiences the world, mm-hmm. interprets the world. And, um, and that was so beautiful and powerful. And, and that was just a little bit missing. I wish we would have seen how I, I loved the special tea service. Don't get me wrong for lots of reasons, especially because tea may or may not have been a hyper focus of mine at one point, especially matcha. So, you know, very into all of that, but I did wish we got more of how she would use her, how Claudia used her art to process that. And that was such a, a lovely piece that, mm-hmm. that I just thought, uh, I was just a little bummed that it wasn't there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was probably the only like real disappointment with the episode. I did love. I mean, yeah, I, I loved the that the the ending part was as opposed to like a slumber party with the Babysitters Club. It was an event that mm-hmm. Claudia invited the Babysitters Club to and her family and Ashley. And I really loved that her family was involved in the storytelling. You know, because yes. and I, I mean, we got a lot of the same stories that we got from the book, like the the Japanese dinner that ends up at a pizza place. Uh, although here they describe it as a dive bar- biker bar, which I think adds an even more funny layer yep. to the story. But it was just nice that that the family got to be a part of that. And I think that, I mean, because we get the same sort of feeling with the family specifically in the book w- around the painting and, you know, the collage work that Claudia does. And I, I, I mean, I'm glad that it was everyone together because I think that that made it even more of a community. But not mm-hmm. having Claudia using her art as a way to process her grief, I think, was a missed opportunity. Yeah, agreed. I think that could have been a a lovely combo. Like, she could have had the tea service to unveil Mm -hmm. her artistic piece, and then they told the stories. Um, But yeah, you're right. I I did like the biker bar embellishment. And it did feel – that felt like a needed embellishment, because otherwise the story is this nice family – tried to go to a Japanese dinner, but couldn't, so they went to pizza instead. Like, that's right. not really a... <laughs> I mean, I, they didn't get into... In the book, they talk about how they're in full traditional Japanese dress. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they may have deemed that a little culturally insensitive and instead went with the biker bar route. Right. Which, yeah, I'm on board. Yep. On board with that. Good choice. So jumping from one thing funny in the episode, we have to talk about Karen. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Karen and uh, her elaborate post-life love triangle, like, soap opera theory. Love it. I also just love – so, because they can't have guests at Claudia's house, they're having the Babysitter's Club meeting at Christy's house. And Christy's getting everything set up because she wants to keep it as normal as possible because that's her way of being there for Claudia. Claudia said she wants things normal, so we're going to keep it normal. And so she's putting chairs out and setting things up in a circle. And Karen comes in and asks if she's holding a support group. And <laughs> and then she offers – you know, she, Christy says, okay, we got to keep everything the way that it always is. And, you know, Claudia always has candy hidden around her room and, and – Karen offers to help, and she takes a bag of gummy worms and sticks it on a bulletin board with a pushpin and says, you know, the best way to hide something is to hide it in plain sight. (laughs) And it's like, Karen, I love you so much. But it gets even better when... Of course, Mallory immediately spots it, like walks in, doesn't even like bat an eyelash. It's like, oh, gummies. And Christy kind of rolls her eyes at Karen's and Karen's response is, sometimes I think you forget I'm just yeah. eight. <laughs> so I good. lost it. 
lost it. Because that very much felt like something I would have said at that age, where I would have, like, absolutely acted like I was an adult, and then the minute it blew up in my face, been like, what? I'm a kid. Right. I'm, like, I'm a child. What do you expect from me? <laughs> did you forget that? Uh, yes, I did enjoy that. But I'm just so obsessed with uh, – well, I was always very attracted to the ghost story mm-hmm. nature of Karen's personality as a kid, even when I was reading The Little Sisters. And, oh, I was – Definitely, for the record, reading the sisters when I was way too old to be reading them. But that's my completest nature. I was like, well, there's a series of them. Have to read those too. But they were always some her, you know, elaborate ghost story. And in this one, she's convinced herself that Mimi is now going to fall in love with the ghost of Ben Brewer that haunts their mansion and have a, a love story. And I love that Claudia's mom's response was, good, Mimi needs some action. Yep. She's been alone for a long time. Like, <laughs> just like conveniently forgetting that now that she's dead, her grandfather would be there too. I just loved that because that did seem that did seem realistic, like especially if they don't specifically say, but it sounds like her grandfather's been gone mm-hmm. a long time. In the books, they they don't even, you know, he's, he's a non-entity. Yep. So my headcanon is that her mom just got so used to, you know, Mimi being alone and, and is not fully like computing that she's dead yet. She doesn't have an opportunity to date anymore. I just I just thought it was a lovely, a beautifully observed moment mm-hmm. of of funny but also and silly but also um poignant and and meaningful and and you know how the ways that we do the stories that we tell ourselves about what happens after death to make us all feel better. And and I love that they sort of indulged Karen's with that and, mm-hmm. and not only that, but embraced it um, as a way to, you know, uh, keep that memory alive. Because obviously Mimi was, you know, super amused by Karen's antics as well. So that, you know, I just think it was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Speaking of lovely, I really liked how Claudia approached or how the show really just sort of approached Claudia's grief process. Because I didn't think it was over the top. I didn't think it was, you know, the, the, we didn't get the big meltdown that we sometimes get in shows like this. And even though as much as I, I love those moments, I, the, as I said, meltdown, the, the very first thing that sprung into my brain was, you know, um, Anya in, in the body that, that her speech there just gets mm-hmm. me every time, which I mean, fuck Joss Whedon, fuck Joss Whedon so hard, but I'm going to keep that moment. And we didn't get that. And that makes sense for her as, you know, a ex-demon who is just now learning what death is for, you know, we didn't get that huge outburst in, in a, or soap opera-y type of thing. It was much more subtle, which I thought was really nice. I thought the acting across the board mm-hmm. was really, especially from these young actors, was really good. Uh, the, the scene, you know, we've mentioned a number of times now, the scenes between Claudia and Marianne and the Claudia and Janine scene and those were some difficult, heavy, emotional lifting scenes. And I thought mm-hmm. they, they did a really, really nice, nice job with it. Yeah. Um, and and it wasn't that overwrought hysterics. And it was much more naturalistic. And especially around Claudia's denial, where mm-hmm. it was very much like, if I don't deal with it, it's not happening. You know, if I don't have to go home and and, and see that she's not there, then it's not really happening. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, you know, like over the top. I'm just going to pretend like everything is fine and normal. It, it, I I thought they did it like I said really well mm-hmm. and and subtly for a kids show. Yeah. I really appreciated that her way of like avoiding reality wasn't like you said it wasn't just pretending everything's fine. It was more like 
what can I do to focus on so that I don't have to think about the grief? And so she, when she, you know, multiple times in the episode, she's going through like, oh, well, we could do this. We could do this. What if we do this? Let's go to the mall. Let's, you know, try to wallpaper mm-hmm. your closet with old Vogue magazines. Let's, you know, redecorate your room, Marianne. Like she's just trying to find something else that she can think about. Not necessarily because she's specifically saying, oh yeah, Mimi's still alive. Everything's fine. But it's more just, if I don't think about that, then I don't have to think about that. So I'm going to find everything else I can possibly do to keep my mind occupied and keep my busy so I don't have to think about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. You nailed it. It's not denial so much as it's uh, if I don't deal with it, it's not real. Right. Um, it's not really happening. And and which is I guess a kind of denial, mm-hmm. but not the kind of denial that I was thinking of. So you're you're exactly right. I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. A couple of minor uh, thoughts. I totally buy that Stacy's mom is someone that, you know, hoarded magazines from when she was growing mm-hmm. up that that totally tracks. And the whole shaving myth about how if you shave your legs too early, it comes back darker and coarser. Uh, I didn't know that that was still a thing that people are talking about. Did Was that Mallory who said that? I can't remember who. Yeah, it was, Mallory said she was going to start shaving her legs. But if she did, you know, her mom told her that if she did, it would grow back faster and thicker. And so she decided not to shave her legs. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know if that's... if. If Mrs. Pike believes that or if she was saying that to Mallory to get her to not shave her legs. Like, I mean, it would make more sense to have a, a you know conversation with her if she thinks that she's too young to start shaving her legs. But in uh, I sort of was interpreting that like maybe that was her attempt at trying to stop Mallory from shaving her legs without having to have an adult conversation about why that maybe is not right for her yet. <laughs> that makes sense. I just wish one of the other girls would have called yeah. out, you know. That's that's that's, that's not true. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> Instead of just letting that sort of lie as it right as as it landed there, I was like that was kind of a, a kathunk moment. Yeah, and you know, especially for young girls that age, they 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 might hear and internalize that. The only last thing I was going to say was I mentioned that I went through a tea phase and I learned all about how important it is to warm it ahead of time. There was one like book that I was reading about it and they called it hotting the pot you hot the pot ahead of time before you um, actually brew the tea in there and i i don't know why but that has become one of those like phrases that gets stuck in my head so (laughs) when they open the episode talking about that all i could the whole rest of the episode i could just (laughs) kept hearing hot the pot hot the pot it's like stuck in my brain now what about you any fun little things stick out um yeah i was just gonna mention the vogue collection but we already talked about that and the only other sort of random thing was Claudia and Stacy are eating ants on a log, and I was just grossed out. <laughs> I know. You and your I, – I even wrote that down. I was like, ooh, Kate's not going to like the peanut butter. But I do appreciate that they went for chocolate instead of raisins, mm-hmm. and they even discussed that. And I love, I'm loving the raisin slander. Living for it. Ugh. Get, get out of here with us. Yep. The only thing that could ruin ants on a log for me is sticking raisins on there. But, I mean, you – uh. You have a little bit bigger of a barrier. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I I also hate celery. So ants on a log with raisins is just like a nightmare. I mean, any peanut butter is a nightmare, but like <laughs> it's like a nightmare on a nightmare with a nightmare on top. <laughs> Literally. That is so funny. You know what? I've never asked. Do you give Indiana peanut butter? Um, No. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to say. <laughs> Probably not. Because I would really like I was thinking about that because it, it, it has a strong smell. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I was if, if this was something I did not like, I would not want to give it to my dog. But oh, it's Walter's absolute favorite. He even just he's laying here next to me. He like 
he, he's usually passed out, but he just like perked his head up a little bit. He's like, mm. <laughs> it's like peanut butter. Can I have some? Peanut butter? <laughs> his, his ear just like kind of, he, he l- noted that I'm not going anywhere and immediately <laughs> was like, like oh, yeah, <laughs> never mind then. False alarm. <laughs> So the only other big thing, or not big thing I was going to mention, the only other thing I was going to mention is with our timeline, you know, keeping an eye on the timeline, mentioned this at the very beginning, but just want to reiterate, I really do appreciate the way that they extend the timelines on the TV show. We've talked about that repeatedly about how, you know, with the books being one narrator per book, everything has to happen in such Mm -hmm. that time crunch that it can often feel so unrealistic. And so we mentioned it briefly at the beginning, but just want to call out again, where we are seeing uh, Stacey's parents divorce, possible storyline beginnings of, Mm -hmm. of disquiet at home. So I would be really surprised if that like is the next episode. Although goodbye, Stacey would be a, a really good finale. I, I don't know, but we've got the Emily Michelle foreshadowing earlier yeah. in the season. I don't know. I, but either way, just pointing out that they are extending those timelines, but we had so dismissed that um, right. move to New York. We did, to our credit, say that, you know, maybe we st- still see something with the divorce plotline, but just something to keep in mind as we are moving forward, how that the timeline of, ex- of extending that is going to affect how other things play out including whether or not Stacy moves and moves back and all of that that good stuff. So just something to keep in mind as we, fingers crossed, move into season three if it's not dealt with in the next episode, which, again, mm-hmm. would be a little surprising. Yeah, it would be, I would be less, I would be less surprised if there was like a continuation of conflict at Stacy's house. But I, yeah, I don't think we're going to get all the way to we're getting divorced and we're moving or we're moving to try to solve our relationship or whatever. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see cuz I yeah, I I think it's much more likely it's going to be Emily Michelle or Emily Michelle adjacent storyline as opposed to Stacy moving or divorce or something like along that lines. Agreed. So is it fashion time? <laughs> is it? I hope so because it it is a Claudia episode, and there was one necklace in particular that I was all about. Yeah, uh, so the first thing I just had to call out because I think it's really nice touch because it's Claudia. There are two different painter portrait T shirts that she wears. She wears a, a Dolly T shirt as pajamas, mm-hmm. and then she's wearing a Frida Kahlo T shirt later when she's at Marianne's house. So I just loved that it was very on brand. So it's like a nice way for her to incorporate art into her outfit because they're both paintings i believe they're both self-portraits so it was sort of fun to get that representation by claudia of her love for not only her own art but other artists i love that i noticed the frida kahlo i did not notice the other one that's so cool Mm -hmm. yeah i really love that there were multiple artist t-shirts in one episode what else oh dawn is wearing these amazing black and white tie-dye leggings in the babysitters club meeting at christie's house and i was like i need to find those or make them or something because i love them (laughs) Ooh, I'll have to go back and check those out. Those didn't catch my eye. Oh, yeah. They're, they weren't a huge highlight. I just happened to, like, catch them as the, the – I think the camera was, like, panning over her. And I was like, ooh, what's that? I want those. <laughs> and this is why you you do the fashion report. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I have to call out – not that I want them or that I would ever wear them, but Karen's wearing saddle shoes, which just felt so right. But also, mm-hmm. like, 
I don't think I ever, maybe I did have saddle shoes, but like I didn't go to a Catholic school, so I didn't have to wear a uniform, which is usually what I would associate saddle shoes with for kids. But I feel like I recall them not being comfortable. So it seemed interesting that Karen was wearing them around the house in casual wear with her saddle shoes. I definitely wore saddle shoes. I was obsessed with saddle shoes and penny loafers. Mm. I don't yep. don't know why. I was obsessed with penny loafers too. You are not alone in that love. So, <laughs> oh, okay, good. You don't have to question your sanity. I think the penny or not, not the penny loafers. I think the saddle shoes was very much a grease extension because oh, it felt like very fifties. Which when I think too hard about the fact that of course grease was about the fifties and the eighties because that would. The translation of the timing now, I don't like to think about that too terribly closely. (laughs) (laughs) What that would mean for a a grease made today. In any case, the saddle shoes, I think, was definitely from that because Mm -hmm. I was very, very much into that uh, at at a young age. So, no, you are correct. They were not terribly comfortable. And I do remember the worst part was they were incredibly slippery. And I, as you have been witnessed many, many times, am not... mm, I hate to use the word klutzy because it seems like such a, um, you know, like romantic comedy. She's a klutz, so she's relatable. But I'm not the most coordinated human. We'll put it that way. (laughs) So adding slippery shoes and puberty, it was just not a great combo. Yeah, that's fair. We'll we'll leave leave that there. (laughs) Um, Claudia's funeral dress, it feels weird to call that out, but it's like just this beautiful black long sleeve dress puff sleeves of course because everything's puff sleeves this season on this show and she it had mm-hmm. a collar and she wore a pearl necklace under the collar and like i love doing that so i was like oh yay claudia's doing it too which is weird because she's a 13 year old child why should i care how claudia wears her necklaces but i was like oh i love that someone else has done that on tv because i love doing that too <laughs> i did i did like that one a lot mm-hmm. i i noted that it was very cute yeah. Claudia has a really cute short sleeve, puff sleeve, of course, sweater with it's like lavender and lilac flowers on it. And the flowers are kind of 3D. It's a Kate Spade sweater because I tried to find it and I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can find it in other colors, but not those. And that's the one I want. So I'm going to put on like an alert on eBay or something to see if I can find it because that's like one of the things from this season I have now decided I have to own. I love that so much. I love that for you. (laughs) And then the last thing is like, I'm not sure if I love it or hate it, but at the Babysitter's Club meeting at Christy's house, Claudia's wearing like a long sleeve, multi-pattern, I guess it's a t-shirt or a blouse of some kind, but then she has a halter top over it that has like a different Mm -hmm. pattern. Like I loved the pattern mixing of it, but I was just like, I don't think that I'm behind the the halter over the t-shirt. Because the t-shirt was sort of, like, wide-necked. It was, like, maybe, like, a boat neck. So there was, there was like, the collar of the halter, and then there was skin, and then there was the collar of the shirt. And it, I, I don't know. The, there was something about the combination that I was just, like, I don't think that I like that. Yeah. I was conflicted on that one as well. I, I'm with you. I loved the, the, the pattern mixing mm-hmm. all for that. It was something to do with the layering that didn't quite – the layering proportions didn't yeah. quite work for me. Something about the puffiness versus the I, – I don't know. It just – I couldn't put my finger on it, and I am not a fashion person, so I, there, I, that's – I know what I like and what I don't mm-hmm. like. I just can't usually articulate very well, like, what it is. That's why I watch 
Project Runway, and, and then I go, oh yeah, that's that yes, <laughs> what you said, but but yeah, that the one that stood out for me though that you didn't mention was Claudia's like collar necklace. Yes. at the very end, there of the have episode. been so many collar necklaces this season, and I'm kind of obsessed. But that one in particular really stood out for me. I really really liked that mm-hmm. one, and I was kind of hoping that that was one that you had sourced so that I wouldn't have to. But <laughs> Turns out I'm going, looks like I'm going to Google after we're done here. (laughs) Definitely. Well, before we do wrap up, I just wanted to say I did double check our records really quickly here. Claudia and the Bad Joke is book number 20 and Sad Goodbye is book 28. Oh, okay. So it it had already happened. So you're right. It was was definitely the broken leg, not the broken wrist. But I'm going to choose to believe that that was just sort of an homage to that (laughs) plot line. A shout out, um, because that was one of Claudia's, you know, complaints at the time. She was worried about what it was going to do to her future as an artist, right. even though it was her leg. Very It true. makes more sense in the in the show that they made it a, a wrist mm-hmm. for that fear to take place. But either way, I do really appreciate, as much as we talk about how th- how great it is, some of the ways they've updated some of the things, I think that... The reason I get so frustrated with people who want it to be just the way that it is and, and claim that it's not honoring the the books by being different, I think these are the ways that it does honor. Mm-hmm. It calls those things out. It gives – everyone who read these books, this plot line is, like, formative. Right. Like, massively. Because regardless of what generation in terms of, like, millennial, Gen Z, Gen X, Boomer, whatever uh, – most people who are reading and, and discovering these books did so at a very young, formative age, mm-hmm. whatever generation they're in. And so this is I, – I know for me, I know for you, I know for a lot of young women that we talk to and women our age that we've talked to, this was sort of a big part of our understanding of, of death, mm-hmm. right? And and it, it it's formative for a lot of people, like I said. So I really appreciate that the book – that the show does such a nice job of – calling out to the books, honoring the books, and giving this a more modern take on it. I mean, you know, our understanding of death has has not really changed in terms of, like, our understanding of death, but the way that kids are exposed to things is, is different mm-hmm. now. The way that kids are is just, for better or worse, a little bit more mature and a little bit more aware of the way the world is. And I Mm -hmm. I think it does a really nice job of translating that while still keeping the importance and the love that that is there for me. That's, that's my biggest takeaway, even though I do, like we said, minor quibbles. Overall, I just really want to end by emphasizing how much I truly, truly loved this episode, how Mm -hmm. much it like just touched me in so many ways, so many different times. And, and I'm so glad that this exists. Mm -hmm. And, I don't think I could say it any better or differently, so I'm just going to co-sign what you said, because if I try to say it, I'm just going to say the exact same thing, and I don't think that people need to hear the same thing twice, necessarily. (laughs) So No, we already get accused of agreeing too much. Yes, so I'm just going to say I agree instead of saying I agree and blah, 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 and then say the exact same thing again. I will just leave it with I agree. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so I guess any other final club business before we sign off? 
I think it's time for just our usual housekeeping in order to wrap up in that case. So if you are looking for us past the episodes, you can find us on social media at Generation BSC on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also email us at generationbsc at gmail.com if you have more to say than can fit in a DM or in a comment. Or what is it now? 280 characters? Clearly Twitter is not where we usually are. <laughs> so uh, definitely come check us out and we would love to hear your thoughts. And for everyone that has has lost a Mimi in their lives, we hope that you enjoy this as much as we did. Definitely. Okay. So with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello to your friends.